0: Welcome to Choices, the podcast that allows you to simply be. I'm Vidya Bellor and my job is to help you think about things a little bit differently, to help you cope with those challenges in life that may be affecting your happiness or performance and hopefully provide you with some clarity in your decision making. Today, I'm glad to be back in the studio talking with a really interesting guest, discussing topics touched on in previous weeks, self-love, self-acceptance, and finding a way to acknowledge all that we find without judgment. Stay tuned to find out more. Today, I'll be talking to Junior, a 25-year-old non-binary disabled model who is a passionate advocate for the LGBTQ community, Disabled Lives and Black Lives Matter. One of their main ambitions in life is to uplift as many people as possible in the most positive of ways. And so it's with great pleasure that I welcome Junior to the show now. Lovely to have you on the show, Junior. Welcome. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Ah, that's good. So many issues that you're passionate about, and we all have a story, a journey of how we get to our today. And I guess the obvious opening question would be to find out from you, What was your calling, your drive to advocate for these issues as you've journeyed through life? I guess tell us a bit more about yourself, your own journey, this point that you find yourself at now.
1: Um, I guess it all started back on Tumblr in 2014, 2015 um, with the murder of Trayvon Martin. And that's when all the Black Lives Matter things started up. At that point in time as well, I was getting sicker and sicker through all my medical conditions that I have and the protests that were going on between the Black Lives Matter protests over in America and here that started up, and then disability rights, because funding for disability was being cut by the government. I think all of that bundled up, along with a lot of other life issues that I had, just, it just snapped in me. Mm. And that's when the fight really began, because I was told I wouldn't live very long. And then I was like, nah, I'm determined I'm gonna get somewhere I'm gonna live even if it is another five years or another 10 years I'm gonna get there
0: so tell us a little bit about that because we're all listening to you not knowing your background not knowing how you've come to now what are these challenges that you've had to face I mean being told you don't have very long to live that's a deep thing yeah um I've been
1: sick my whole life. From when I was about a month old, I started having issues with my lungs. And then at three, I started having dislocations. And for 11 years from the age of eight up until 19, I had no official diagnosis of the conditions that I actually have. No doctor put two and two together. And being a black person, I found that I wasn't listened to as much. I was Mm. just told it was just growing pains and expected to sort of put up with the pains or be heavily medicated. Mm. And eventually my doctor had had enough and put me through to be genetically tested and I finally got answers of 13 medical conditions that I actually have rather than just continuously being misdiagnosed. And I think being told in the doctor's office, oh, don't even bother trying to have children, you're not going to live very long, etc. I was just... I was hurt first obviously I had my mourning period and then I lost for someone very close to me and I was like okay now I have to keep fighting mm. and keep trying to push not just for myself but for people who are no longer here who would have fought on my side and mm. pushed me to continue living
0: wow that's that's really inspiring <laughs> talk to the audience about what it is what are the conditions that you've been faced with what have they told you has a diagnosis or these these diagnoses helped you to navigate and to better manage what you've got to face or because sometimes that those labels they help us sometimes they hinder us
1: yeah I think I think when I was in that period of not knowing and being stuck in this unknown space of you might have this, you might have that. Between the ages of around 11 to 18, I was very lost. I was in a very dark place. Like I said, I was going through a lot of things at home and dealing with the loss of quite a few people. And then as soon as I got those diagnoses, it was like, okay, I have something to work with here. I can research, I can reach out to people because I didn't think there was anyone else out there who was like me, but thanks to like Tumblr and Facebook, mm. I was able to connect with those people and realize that there are things that can help me, even if it's something as small as using a tool at home to get to like open jars or just accepting that. Sometimes I will need a wheelchair to get around. Sometimes I'll need to use a walking stick. And even if doctors don't listen to me, there are people out there who do listen and do offer advice who are actually going through what I'm going through. Mm. And it helps me to feel a lot less alone Mm. because I was very much alone prior to that. Even though people in my family have medical conditions, I have all of those plus 10 times more. And it was very, very difficult to feel like not necessarily not loved, but understood by my family because they weren't in that position to understand. They could see it from the outside, but they weren't actually feeling what I was going through.
0: Yeah, your experience, as I always talk about in all my podcasts, Each person's experience is unique to them alone. Mm -hmm. What you're facing, no one will ever understand truly, but you feel less alone when you can reach out to people who are in a similar situation. So this podcast, I hope, is as much for people to feel educated or to open their awareness or their understanding. So talk us a little bit about some of the conditions that you have. What are those challenges that you have to deal with day in, day out?
1: My main condition that I have that is basically the stem of everything is called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome and it's becoming a lot more well-known now because certain celebrities such as Sia have been diagnosed with this condition. It's connective tissue disorder. So basically all the collagen in my body is completely faulty. I have stretchy skin. I bruise easily. Um, When I scar, I typically get uh, keloid scars or they just don't heal as they should. Connective tissues in my organs such as my aorta and like my lungs and stuff, none, none of those are actually like connected properly, they're very stretchy. So I'm like slowly going blind, I'm slowly losing my hearing because those connected tissues aren't working correctly. And then branching off from there, I have impingement of the hips, which is kind of like an arthritis. Mm-hmm. So um my hips grind constantly, as well as the dislocations. So it's like a combination of both, which is so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) And then you add on the asthma and the gastro issues. So I don't actually digest food correctly. Okay. Um, So I can lose like a couple of stone in a week and it could take me a year to put that couple of stone back on because I can't digest the food. And if it gets worse, end up having to get tube fed. And it's just a huge combination of complications Mm -hmm. where where the connected tissues affect so many different things, it just branches off and it is ever, it's never-ending. Yeah, it's never-ending and the list goes on. Like I have 13 diagnosed conditions as well as mental health conditions. As you, as you can imagine, growing up being sick and not being listened to or understood, it messes with your, with your mentality. Um, you develop OCD, because I was in hospital so often that I was like, if I catch a simple virus, I could die, which mm. I almost have done three times because my body can't bite it. And it's it's scary, and you go through mourning periods, but you got to keep living, I guess. Just keep pushing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I guess that's what I wanted to talk to you a lot about, really, is this idea of, and I can only imagine, is that your body is your home, and as we've talked even prior to this, you were feeling that sense of, yeah, my body it's a bit broken. My home is broken. Yeah, I took that now. But there's a level of you that also is in a sense of acceptance. When you talk of mourning, it's that grieving process where you make peace with, or oh, this is how it is. Mm-hmm. And I guess talk, talk us a little bit about that sense of acceptance, because with mental health challenges that come in the way, acceptance becomes It's really challenging to get to that space.
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely very difficult to accept what's going on. I mean, when someone says to you, hey, you're probably not going to live very long, you go through, what's the point of living? Then I'm going to try and live as much as I can whilst I still can. And then trying to find some sort of balance where you don't put yourself in danger because I find myself getting yelled at by my friends because I push myself way too hard Mm. to try and do things like a normal person even though I know it's never going to work out that way Um, and yeah my house my home my body it's very much broken but again I learned to accommodate Mm. and it is a long journey and it has been made a lot easier by having people in my life who help to accommodate with me so having friends who if I need to go to an appointment that I'm struggling with, they'll be like, hey, I'll take a day off work and I'll take you. And just those little actions make life so much better. But it's just been very difficult to find those people who help keep the foundation
0: up. Yeah, they're your tribe and and finding that. For any of us, I think, sometimes it's very hard. We think Mm -hmm. those people are our support, but actually maybe not in our times of need. And um, as you talked of there, you said... Earlier on, that you'd lost people along the way. I mean, I, I can relate to that. Some people in my life, where I think, "Oh gosh, I've really told you, and I've really shared with you, and now you're not here." Mm-hmm. How have you made peace with that? Too.
1: For some people, I've made peace because I feel that they've never really left me. Mm-hmm. For others, it is a lot more difficult. Like I lost two of my best friends. Um, I lost one to cancer in the September of 2015 and then I lost another one another way in December of that same year and that completely broke me like even now even like yesterday I was in tears because even though it's been nearly six years I still somewhat blame myself even though I know I can hear his voice in my head saying you're an idiot like things happen the way they happen mm. but at the same time when I'm going through something else I hear him saying it's going to be okay mm. I know what he would say and just Having those moments of knowing how they would react and the fact that we had such a bond, it makes it just that little bit easier. Yeah. I don't think anyone ever really gets through a grieving process and it's over. I think it's constantly ongoing. You just learn how to cope with it and how yeah. to live with it.
0: Yeah, definitely. How to how to hold it, and it's nice that you can feel they're still with you, mm-hmm. even though they're not. They're they're with you in your heart. That's yeah. the main thing. So. Self-acceptance, a lot of that is to do with nurturing that appreciation for ourselves and that sense of love and how we are in this world. That's it. How others see us, does it really matter? So I'm coming to those ideas of self-love and looking after oneself. Tell me a bit about that for you.
1: Um, I think it's
0: obviously been quite a journey as it is for a lot
1: of people I used to try to manipulate myself to be who I thought other people wanted me to be and I'm sure that everyone's (laughs) gone through that especially in their teenage years and as you're becoming an adult because I mean we're all raised to go to school and try to act one way at home you have to act another way around your friends outside of school again you act another way Mm. and we're then forced to try and pick what educational path we wanna go grow down, grow down in order to become successful and all these different things. And are we ever really given a chance to just pause and like, okay, who am I? Mm. And I think for me in losing my friends, it gave me a moment. Like I ran away to Australia for a month. Wow! I just said, I'm booking a flight cause I lost two friends and two cousins in the space of about eight months. And I was like, I need a break. So mm. I ran off to Australia and figured it out I just I think I was lucky in that moment because I know not a lot of people can just drop everything and just go and I realized that I was manipulating myself to act less disabled and to act less queer because I thought I had to be whatever else wanted me to be Mm. in order to protect myself as well as make other people comfortable and at the end of the day shouldn't have ever been about that it should have been how can I make myself more comfortable in living, considering what I now know about my health? Mm. Like, if I'm going to live for the next five years, I'm going to do it as me. I'm going to yeah. be as authentically me as I can be. And if people are going to accept me, they're going to accept me and stay by. And if they're not going to accept me, leave. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, it, I can't allow it to hurt me anymore.
0: Yeah. So talk me a bit about Australia. Like, you went there. What was your awakening, I guess? How did you arrive at that point? Because I, I, you know, when we're talking about mental health and things like that, a lot of it is about that when we don't live our life true to ourselves and we're all constantly trying to be something that we're not to different people at different times in different spaces. Given all that you've been through, okay, you're 25, and you're so, I sit here and think, you're so blessed <laughs> to have had that awakening So relatively young in your life, you know, when I look at myself, I think, God, I've been in, now I'm in my 40s and only then did I wake up and go, God, how can I keep doing this? Like, it's tiring, I'm exhausted and I cannot, I can't do this anymore.
1: I think for me, like I said, I'd lost one friend in September and then I lost my best friend, his husband, um, in December and then I lost my cousin that December and then I lost my other really cousin traumatic. in February, and I was like, "I either need to get away, or I'm going to do something stupid." Like I could, I could feel it. I was very aware that my mental health was not at its best mm-hmm. at all, and I just said to my mum, "Mum, I have to go to Australia. I need to get out of here." Like, luckily, one of my close um, primary school friends had moved to Australia, so I could just uh-huh. go and stay with her. And that it's like the universe just lined <clears throat> it up and was like, "Yep, here's your escape route for flu- for a few weeks." And my mum and stepdad came out with me for two of those weeks and then flew back early. Then I Mm. stayed out a bit longer. And um, the way I lost my cousin, which I can laugh about now, um, was a shark attack, which made me very scared of the sea. I used to swim in the sea with dolphins and turtles and everything. It was amazing. But I stood on that beach in Australia and I dipped my toes in the water and I was like, okay, this is the beginning. This is where we start the healing process because we can't, stay stuck yeah. in this rut we can't do it and just the few moments of literally the, it was like a movie like yeah. this, just the this little stingray came up like up to the shore and was just going along and I was like okay oh. this is like a, a nice yeah. sign for me and it was truly like it was like a movie moment yeah. like you would think it could be real but but
0: it, it's a testament to you Facing, head on your fear,
1: mm. right? Like even so. though it was just my toes that touched the wall, yeah. I was like, this is the first step, this is a healing process. Now I can go up to my knees. And it's like a gradual process, mm. but at the end of the day, it's, pro- it's progress.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> so disability, it's, it's a construct that denotes that there's a sense of norm, a sense of ideal, right? And anything outside of that is really different. Mm-hmm. So how has that impacted you on that sense of self-acceptance when, when that's the kind of societal and cultural norm? And then add on top of that, as you alluded to earlier, that you weren't taken seriously because you're black. Like the people who could really listen to you were not. Necessarily so listening and you felt
1: felt that discord yeah it's i mean i guess i've always felt the discrimination from when i was very young i have experienced a lot of racism i've had when i was going to brownies as an eight-year-old i had glass thrown at me bottles pieces of wood stones like so much i mean growing up in a mixed household mm. even my dating back to my mum when she was had my eldest sister she got beat up for being with a black man like it's it's a massive combination um i'm also very much aware of my privilege and being mm. light-skinned but racism racism is very deep-rooted as well as like ableism like mm. you'd think dealing with separate issues would be different but it's not it's not at all dealing with a combination of like racism ableism and like homophobia and all that It it is very stressful and it's everywhere you cannot escape it whether it's walking around like in your own hometown or online it's in the news it's in media Mm. and it's like one of the things that bugs me the most is how people use racism to boost their own egos (laughs) like trying to play the white knight and things like that Mm. it does my head (laughs) in
0: yeah I guess um, unless you're in the situation yourself to understand it it comes back to that whole understanding thing and I guess the only way we can ever keep trying to change others perceptions is that raising that awareness and keep talking about things and and shining a spotlight on issues that we may face that others may not Mm -hmm. I think it's also
1: a thing of not speaking over an issue if you're not directly related to it uplift other people's voices don't try to speak over them that's one of the key things that we face in the disabled community is that a lot of able-bodied people will continuously try and speak up for us and tell people what we want rather than saying oh this person said direct quote so that our voice is actually heard mm. because people are more likely to listen to able-bodied people than they are to disabled people about disabled issues which makes no sense to me but yeah. Just trying to get our voices heard in all communities I guess.
0: Brilliant. So how how do you use your voice? How do you express yourself with all these issues that you advocate for? How do you get your voice heard and out there?
1: Social media is obviously one of the key ones. It's everyone's on social media nowadays. Um, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, some people are st- even, still even on the Tumblr. Um, I started on Tumblr. That's where everything started for me. I was like a massive part of the Black Lives Matter movement when it first started up. And I've watched it grow. And it's amazing how millions of people are now involved instead of just a few thousand people. Um, now I mainly use Instagram. That's my biggest platform aside from like TikTok or whatever. Because mm-hmm. um, Instagram, you're more guaranteed. To reach a larger audience than with TikTok because of the algorithm, um, I post other people's stories on my on my story. I will re- repost things, anything that I can. People message me saying, "Hey, can you put this on your story?" Because I get in quite a bit of traffic, mm. um, and then people who have larger platforms than I do often pick up on those things, and then they will repost as well. It's more like a chain. Mm. Like if I can affect one person. And, like, share their story with three people. And then those three people share it with three people. Like, it just branches mm. on. And that's kind of the key thing, just
0: sharing. Yeah. And th- and actually that ties in with your values, isn't it, of, of lifting other people's voices mm-hmm. uh, and sharing their own authentic voice. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, what's coming across is it's only through... And I talk about this a lot actually in all my episodes, most of them, is that it's only through pain, sadly, do things change. Yeah. It's like you have to lose
1: a life, or someone has to be badly injured, or something on the worst side of things where people are like okay now that it's like emotionally affecting me I'll say something like no just because it's not directly affecting you still use your voice use your privilege Mm. to boost these stories if you usually talk about good things and happy things take a moment to speak about a sad thing or reverse if you're talking about bad things all the time bring some light Mm. like if someone like if a kid's got seven scholarship offers share that that's excellence Mm. right there Like, give them a boost, show how... And then other kids might be inspired to try that bit harder or if they're struggling, they might try and get help because that's what they want to achieve as well. Like, it's not difficult for people to spend five seconds posting something to their Instagram story or to their Twitter.
0: And that's that um, attention, I think, that we all are predispositioned to for the bad attention, Mm. not the good stuff. And actually, the good stuff is where you can really harness change if you want to yeah yeah ah so coming on to more about this sense of acceptance so you are a model yes (laughs) and I sit here and I can vouch junior is beautiful (laughs) you. (laughs) Um, you know talk us a little bit about that how did you end up in modeling and and you know that that will have been a journey for you I used to model when I was younger my mum,
1: was she seemed to like, do like little modeling things for magazines, my mum's gorgeous, I have to mm. say that. <laughs> like, you know, everyone says their mum's gorgeous, but like when I look back at these pictures, I'm like, damn, mum. <laughs> and there was a shoot she was doing, I think it was a mental health shoot for depression, postpartum depression, mm. and she had had me not even a week before, and I was crying on shoot, so she was feeding me, and the photographer took a few pictures of us and then from there, I got a few more little jobs when I was younger, but obviously growing up, I had a lot of body dysmorphia. Like, I didn't like the way I looked at all. I still do deal with it now, but it's I'm gaining my confidence back. And then last year, I was like, I saw Zebedee's um, casting call, and I was like, mm, let me give it a try, because um, I see a lot of visibly disabled models mm. in the industry. Well, I say I see a lot, the ones that I know, because mm. um, we're still slowly getting our faces out there um and I've just applied on a whim and somehow got it (laughs) yeah um a year ago about now actually and it was a massive shock and since then my confidence has slowly like started to grow Mm -hmm. I'm still not 100% confident in how I look but I don't think anyone really is even some really successful models in the agency that I know are still very much like oh no 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 I look terrible and I'm like do you not see <laughs> the beauty that I see? Yeah.
0: I think that, that that lies really in that sense of comparison that we always, lots of us do, we try to compare ourselves to something else that's not really, yeah.
1: that not really exist. I think that's what's this. so great about the agencies. Obviously, it's disabled people yeah. with visible and invisible disabilities. So obviously, my disabilities are invisible. You wouldn't see them unless you actually really looked for them or I said something. And then people who are um, trans and just basically any difference that you are proud of—that's the models they want to take on. And I think where we haven't really got anyone in the agency to compare ourselves to, aside from normal-looking, like able-bodied people, we don't. We can't. We haven't got anyone to compare ourselves to. There's local press. So it's it's a lot harder. But also, it's like it gives you that bit of like. There must have been a reason. There must have been a reason they picked me. Yeah, trailblazers right? <laughs> for,
0: for for not the and I air quote norm because mm. this is my message in my podcast. This sense of norm that goes on—it's not real. Doesn't mm. exist. There isn't. It's a human experience, and we're all entitled to that in our own way.
1: The beauty standards—that's one thing I definitely advocate for as well. Like I have. 13 or 14 nieces and nephews Mm. and each of them are different shades different like genders whatever and each of them I'm just like listen you're beautiful just like none of you guys really look at you have you can tell you're all related but you all look so different and we have that beautiful thing of where we are all so diverse in my family that no one can be like, oh, yeah, you're ugly. It doesn't make sense. We all have basically the same face, but we're just different shades. Like, it's, it's not possible.
0: <laughs> yeah. So here you are talking about your nieces and nephews. I mean, what advice would you give to your younger self?
1: Oh, goodness, there's so much. <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs> I guess the main, main one, like going back to what we talking about before, is stop trying to live up to everyone else's standards. You have your own standards and you're lucky enough to have the support around you to get to where you want to be. Stop trying to push yourself to be able-bodied. You're not able-bodied and that's okay as well. The world may not be as accessible as you'd like it to be, but you're making it accessible. You're trying to make those changes, or you will. So just keep doing what you need to do for you instead of what you need to do for other people or what other people want you to do for them.
0: Now, something I think that's really important for our listeners, I think they might really benefit from is an education in pronouns (laughs) and referencing people, okay? So he, him, she, her, they, them. Because admittedly, it's only in recent years that I too have gone, right, I need to be aware of how I use them, right? And I know children now, my children, they're being taught all this and educated, (laughs) yeah. But it hasn't always been the case. So for the benefit of our listeners... Perhaps you can give us an education because this podcast is about as much about sharing, um, it's about educating as well.
1: For sure. Um, well, my pronouns are obviously they, them. Um, I identify as non-binary and gender is a complete spectrum. No one truly sits at one specific end of like being female or being male. Like, I just don't see how that's possible anyway. It's just seeing how people are also born like intersex. It's a natural thing that can occur, and it's self-expression. It doesn't harm you if someone else identifies different to how you identify. And pronouns, it is so simple to say someone, hi. Like, for example, my name's Junior, my pronouns are they, them. Then that opens the door for them to say, hi, my name's blah, 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 and my pronouns are she, her, or ze, or whatever. It's not difficult to just respect that. And if you open the door in the smallest of ways, you'll find a lot more people will be comfortable around you. And if they're not, is that someone that you really want to be around in the first place? Yeah,
0: I, um, it's actually really nice that we're recording today because I have a few younger clients who are looking at their gender and, and having these questions of like, where am I with... My where am, where am I mm-hmm. in, my, in the spectrum of norm that's out there in society where do I sit in that and, and find questioning themselves that way so um, we have these interesting conversations about you know you're just you in your essence that's who you are exploration
1: what? is a beautiful yeah. thing like, yeah. you're not going to hurt anyone by trying to figure out you can change your pronouns every day every hour if you want to trying to figure out where you feel comfortable and you never have to stick with one place That's the beauty of it. Like, if you want to be like gender fluid, like where you feel more me female one day or more male the next day, it's
0: just you're not hurting anyone. And and we are changing all the time, constantly, isn't it? Yeah. Um, And I think even I would tell my younger self that we're changing all the time. How you think today will not be? How you think tomorrow? So, you know, it's been so lovely to talk to you. But Before we end, I wanted to find out what inspires you. Oh, gosh. Honestly, people every
1: day, just anyone I could see on the street could inspire me. I don't think it's ever one specific thing or one specific person. If I had to bring it all down to one person or even two, be between my younger self or my mum. My mum's been through a hell of a lot and to where she is now from where she started and knowing everything that she's been through gives me that boost of like I have so many more opportunities even if they are restricted to a degree or not as accessible to me if she can make it work I can make it work and I can
0: make it work for younger me as well beautiful thank you so much for taking the time Well, thank you for having me. It's been really inspiring to just listen to you and how you've talked. And, you know, I'm wishing you all the best for the future. Thank
1: you, you as well.
0: So, perhaps to end, let's take a mindful moment. Close your eyes. Take three slow, gentle breaths in and out. Place your hand on your heart and that there is the centre of you, be with that, you in your essence, without the trappings of your ego, the I within. You're just an energy. Be with that. That energy doesn't have any expectations. It doesn't strive. It doesn't want anything from you. It can just be acknowledged, it can just be accepted, and just take this moment, feel grateful for this moment of connection and trust with yourself in this way. And whenever you are ready, you may open your eyes. In life, be you, do you. I'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Choices Podcast. Don't forget to like, share and follow. Feel free to send me an email to choices at vividoutcomes.co.uk. I'll catch you next week.